Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's the small biz lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Hi, everybody. I'm Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, and welcome to Small Biz Chat Live. Now, Small Biz Chat Live is a peer-to-peer interview show that gives small business owners a way to get and share invaluable business advice. The mission of Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure. And we've been doing this thing 11 years and we're not going to stop anytime soon. We all know right now we are living in perilous times and we need motivation, inspiration, and good ideas. And that is what we have for you tonight. You know, our goal at Small Biz Chat is to give you information Sage advice that's going to take your business to the next level. And now I'm so excited to introduce my next guest. She's a dear friend of mine. Her name is Jennifer Lee, and she is an HR expert and she specializes in effective recruitment and retention of employees. She's the CEO of Assessment Pros and she created the Get Engaged People System, a blueprint to help who and how you hire. And she's built a program to help people, you know, grow and become more profitable by hiring the right employees. And so I'm so excited to have her here today because now we're going to be talking about helping everybody's working from home. You might be managing a remote team and she's going to give us some insight on how to help your remote team perform better. Jennifer, welcome to Small Biz Chat Live. Well, great being here, Melinda. It's always wonderful to hang with you. All right. All right. So let's jump in here. I know that how hard is it to manage a remote worker who's not used to working remote? I mean, like some of these people are working remote for the first time. Can you talk to us about how we as business owners need to kind of be aware that this is tough for some people? That's that's exactly what I was going to share when you said, you know, what's hard to manage? What's hard about it is the how. Because not everybody is the same, you know, for, I don't think managing a remote worker is not really a lot different if you know the person than managing them in person, because you just want to avoid being a one size fits all approach to managing. And that's with a remote worker, as well as with a a worker that's in your office with you. You know, for instance, I'm reading about remote workers and the advice I'm getting is very generic. It's saying, call them once a day and find out what they're doing and send them a personal note. And those are all wonderful. But I'm going to tell you, if I'm your remote worker and you're going to call me once a day and ask me what it is I'm doing every day, I'm going to think you don't trust me. And that's probably going to annoy me. So I think the first thing, what's hard to manage is it's even more important to know your people individually, to know exactly what motivates them, what, and and we're going to talk, you know, I want to share a little bit what are some of the steps that are, or the things that make it hard for individuals. And I'm really concerned about this, Melinda, because before people were being successful in an office as a manager, as a leader, and now we have thrust them in a new environment with a different things. And a third of them are going to do fine. And a third will struggle, but will be okay if you manage them appropriately. And a third are really at risk of failing, even though they were good workers before. So I'm just 
I'm just passionate about helping those two thirds because we don't want to put them out into the unemployment. And we also don't want to lose key talent just because of the environment around us. All right. So let's talk about that. How can you set your remote worker up for success? What do you need to do? Well, I think the four biggest challenges, you know, I said it's very similar to being in an office as far as who they are, but now they don't have a, a social interaction as much as they did in the office. You can't go next to the, you know, walk over and talk to a coworker and ask their advice or something. So now they have no social interaction with, with fellow workers. They are having to manage their own time. When you have a, when you have a question and you need a decision, there's communication delays just by nature that you're not all together. And then, of course, we have the home distractions. You know, you're like Scott was talking about. He has the home homeschooling, and uh, you know, so so there's just a lot going on at home emotionally, mentally, as well as trying to get the work done. I understand. So I think the biggest challenge I have found to remote working is it just lacks kind of structure. Right. You know, people people have these fantasies of, you know, making millions in their jammies kind of stuff. You know, so it's like how how can you help your employees sort of like establish basic working procedures, you know, so that it doesn't affect the quality of their work? But obviously it is a more flexible work environment. But how can you help people build some structure and processes around Well, I've got a few tips and one of them, I was just loving what Scott said is I think you have to really have very clear expectations of the actions and the results you want. Scott mentioned that, you know, if it's mismatched or unfulfilled expectations, that's going to set them up for failure. And, and, And the more metric you can make it, the better. So it's not just expectations. It's, you know, if we can put some numbers to it, target goals, things like that. That's what you can check on too. Um, how many calls did you make if you're in sales or you know, so, so, so the metrics. And then also make sure that they have the tools that they're going to need remotely. If you stick them in a remote environment and don't give them things, the technology, the materials that they're going to need, they had it before or they didn't need it before and now they need it. So you really have to give them those tools that they need. And then I think you have to have a communication plan. You want to, you know, how how often should we meet? Once a once a day for some people, once a week for someone else. I'd be great with once a week. Not so happy with once a day. And then when we do meet, do we have an agenda? What do we want to accomplish when we meet? And then there's going to be some unforeseen situations that can get in the way of our success. So can we anticipate any of them and come up with a plan for that? All right, but what about our social butterflies? What about these people who need the social interaction? What do we do for them? Obviously, these kinds of meetings are good because I get my, I'm a very big extrovert and I get my fix. And I don't know if other extroverts will agree with this, but I have found that I went to far too many meetings when I could networking meetings, business meetings. And I am actually loving the fact that I don't have to go to as many meetings. And I'm going to revisit how many meetings I actually go to when I get to go to a meeting. Maybe I'll run to a bunch in the beginning from a fix, but I sure am reevaluating how many meetings I really need to be part of. I agree with that as well. And then what about, you think it's important to get data on your employees to really understand their best work environment. What's the best way to go about doing that? Well, I, I love that you said I'm an HR expert and I really don't consider myself. I'm more a people analytics expert. And that's, I do work in the HR. So I think that some of the kind of information you want on people is you want to know what's their need for structure and progress and, and, um, and process. You know, do they, are they by nature a good person at structure and process or do you need to help them with that? And then I talked about time management. If you look at one of my, you know, my, my, the analytics on me, 
I am not so good with time management. That's why I sometimes working at 11 o'clock at night because I haven't managed my time. So that would be something, how I organize my day would be some help I would need if you were managing me. We did talk about the need for interaction. So if I know their need for structure and process and do we have that in place? If I know how they're going to communicate and interact, if I know they need help or don't need help or have it covered for their organization and time management. We, I got to know what's their comfort level in making decisions because I may not be there to make those decisions with them or for them. And so give them either the autonomy to do it, give them the guidelines to do it, or have a plan for them to be able to you know, text me or something if you aren't somebody who can make a decision. And then you want to know if it's if this whole thing is stressful to them and why and, and build that into your plan. And all of this is not something you're going to know naturally. You're not going to get that with some without some kind of an assessment evaluating those traits. Okay. So how do I, what, what are there some, some low cost or, you know, cause we're small business owners, so I don't need an enterprise solution. What, is there some kind of software that I can use to evaluate employees so that I understand these things about my team? That is why I'm so excited that you sent me, that you let me come visit you with you tonight, because I agree. I work with smaller businesses. I love smaller businesses. I think they keep the country operating and going. And when they come back in, we want to be able to jump in with them. But it is a larger company could use it too. But the I'm using a company called Best Work Data. They're measuring traits like how, how do you handle details? How do you handle rules? What's your assertiveness level? How much people do you need? How do you handle stress and what kind of team do you like to work in? And Best Work Data is actually, we created this report, this report for remote remote workers about six weeks ago. And they feel that, you know, I talked about the two thirds maybe at risk. They're so passionate at Best Work Data that they are offering this assessment at no cost. It's a 10 minute survey that you can get on your people and it will give you an easy to read report on how to manage them based on some of the things we've been talking about tonight. And, you know, so for instance, it's, it's, if you look at my report, the good thing about my report tells me that I am open to change and I can adapt easily to this remote working thing. The challenge is I need some sort of schedule that I, I need some external accountability. I am terrible at keeping myself on track. So, and I also have a very clear work area. I come downstairs, I shut my door, I am at work, I'm free from distractions. And, uh, you know, that's the kind of information that we want to know on, these, on, our, on our people because I can have those insights into my worker I can have insights on how to manage them. And the third report they're offering is insights into me as a, man, as a remote coach. So what can get in my way to help you as well as what can get in the way of you doing your work as well? Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, Jennifer, I'm going to stop you right there. We've got to go to commercial. But when we come back, I want to talk to you about how we can motivate that shy employee to turn their camera on when we are having a remote meeting. This is Melinda Everson on The Small Biz Lady. You are watching Small Biz Chat Live, and we will be right back. Are you tired of struggling in your business, not taking a paycheck, dreading dealing with your business in the morning? Are you regretting even starting your business in the first place? Well, I know you're tired, and I also remember what that kind of tired is like. But the good news is, it's time to stop feeling that way. I'm Melinda Emerson, Small Biz Lady, and my new book, Fix Your Business, is a 90-day turnaround plan to get back your life and reduce chaos in your business. I've been in business nearly 20 years, and let me teach you how to build a business that works for you. Grab a copy today. 
Hi, everybody. I'm Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady. Welcome back to Small Biz Chat. We've been talking with Jennifer Link, HR expert, and she's going to talk to us now about, you know, this sort of like working from home etiquette, Zoom meeting etiquette, all that kind of stuff. All right, Jennifer. So, you know, sort of like phone manner and Zoom meeting protocols that that people need to know about so that they, they can be successful. I, you asked me before we went to break, what, how would I get my person to turn on their camera? And and I'm going to say, I don't know if I would force them to do that because we're still trying to manage and motivate these people, our remote workers. So if it wasn't vital to have it happen, they probably were shy and didn't speak up much when we had live meetings. So if they're not, if they're there and they're contributing and I may call on them, I would probably, some of the stuff I'm not going to do any differently managing them than I would in person. Uh, they're still the same people. We still have the same things. At times, I think I would, if I if it was required, I'd ask them to turn it on. Maybe they don't have a camera. That's again with the technology. Do they have a camera to turn it on? Right, right. I'm not sure I'd force them. And what about, you know, phone meeting protocol and stuff? You know, I, I find you still have to tell people, you know, to mute themselves and stuff when everybody's got dogs and kids and stuff in the background. It's like, should people know that? Or do you have to kind of go through these sort of like, housekeeping things at the beginning of every meeting. Well, just think about in in real in live meetings. How many times do we tell people, put your phones away, turn everything on, on ringer, you know, take your ringer off. So I, I said before, have very clear expectations of and, and metrics. So that's some kind of a metric. I think make sure you're, you're, you know, if you can't mute your stuff, if not, then on Zoom, you can mute everybody. So I think you start, you start on time, you end on time, you have an agenda, you still have expectations for participation. If that was your culture and your protocols in the office, it probably will transfer to remote workers too. And if you didn't have it before, you'd now you'd, you better start having it. And then when you come back, maybe you'll have even better meetings when you come back to work. All right, good stuff. And now last question for you. As the manager or business owner, how important is it for you to let your team know how to communicate with you? Because I've seen this where you might have a, a remote colleague who might escalate something that really isn't urgent, but because they want an answer, they want to make it urgent. You know what I mean? So how do you kind of manage people's don't be calling me about dumb stuff kind of, you know, I mean, how do you manage that as a business owner and, and you're busy trying to manage, you know, your dogs and your kids and being a manager and your manager calling you like, how do you kind of manage all that? Again, I may sound like I'm just repeating my answer, but if that was a kind of a person, if a person's calling you for everything right now, I would doubt that that is any different than they did when they were in the office with you again, that they probably were the one that asked you every day and came by and, you know, and maybe was a little more high maintenance than, than some, another employee. And so again, it's going back to knowing your people so you can anticipate it. Now you can set expectations. You can say here, you can create communication protocols, right? The first thing you do is text me. And then if I don't answer you within an hour, then give me a phone call, but do not be calling me every minute of everything that's happening. These are the same people you have had working for you. If you are surprised by their remote behavior, you didn't know them to begin with, and you really need some people analytics. Jennifer, what's your favorite podcast? Yours. (laughs) (laughs) You're very sweet. I don't think I have a favorite. I'm not, I haven't been a big podcast person, but now I I just launched a podcast. And so I'm watching others to learn from other people. All right. So tell us the name of your podcast, Jennifer. 
called Sales Hiring Straight Talk, and we launched it just in time for the pandemic <laughs> in February. But yeah, Sales Hiring Straight Talk. I do it with a partner, female partner, and we it's all about how to hire salespeople. It's a six-step process. However, it's the six-step process could be used for anybody. Good stuff, good stuff. All right, what is your favorite business app? Favorite business app? Right. It's a new one for me. It's Slack. I am so sometimes confused. I get, I know I've gotten a message from somebody, but it come on, did it come in Messenger? Did it come in LinkedIn? Did it come in my email? The threads get confusing. So I'm in four Slack groups, S-L-A-C-K, if you don't know it. And it, it you can put things in channels. And I have just found it to be a godsend in keeping things tra- uh, straight and, you know, on track and things like that. Jennifer, what's your favorite old school marketing tip? Well, John took my first one and then my backup Scott just took. So I'm going to quote Joanne Black, pick up the damn phone. There you go. (laughs) Yes, magic happens on the phone. I completely, completely agree. And I will tell you guys my, I love writing handwritten personal notes to people. Mm. I do it a lot. Whenever somebody buys one of my books and they buy, they want an autographed copy from me, I always send a note in it thanking them for for buying my book. And it it is amazing how, how people have, taking the note, not the book, the note and put the note on Instagram. Look, she sent me this note, you know? So I I still think making people feel important with a a handwritten note still works very much. All right. Last question. What is your favorite business book? Favorite business book that you've read either recently or all of all time? I'm not sure it's my favorite, but it's top of mind right now. Somebody posted on LinkedIn this yesterday or the day before the book, Who Moved My Cheese? And I'm like, wow, that was a great book. And right now, I don't even know where the cheese is. You know, so I pulled it out off my shelf and planning to read it this weekend. So that's the one I want to put out there right now. I, I do think it's interesting that at this time, people are going back to books, like going back to them oldie but goodies that, that saved you the last time. So I, I appreciate that. Well, listen, thank you all so very much. I want to leave you all with this. You never lose in business. Either you win or you learn. If you want to learn more about my guest tonight, head over to my blog, succeedisyourownboss.com. I am Melinda Emerson, the small biz lady, and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Melinda Emerson. For more resources and small business success strategies, visit succeedasyourownboss.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday.